2: Welcome to the AEW Dynamite preview. I'm Adam Wilborn yeah. from What Culture, joined by the Dadley Boys of What Culture. Michael Apple and Michael Sidgwick here to look ahead to tonight's episode of AEW Dynamite. Yeah, but before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, Make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on either iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from for daily wrestling podcasts where we review AEW Dynamite, AEW Rampage, Raw, SmackDown, NXT, 2. Oh, oh. pay per views, premium live events. We have interviews, roundtable discussions, and a roundup of the week complete with a bloody quiz, of course, on Wrestle Culture. As I said, though, joined by Hamlet Sjodick to look ahead to a highly anticipated AEW Dynamite tonight and all the fallout. From All Out, I feel I should start this, though, by giving some breaking news regarding the situation backstage. Um, Dave Meltzer uh, reported earlier on today that uh, the likes of Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks have been suspended As well as that, um, Michael Nakazawa, Pat Buck, Christopher Daniels, and Brandon Cutler also suspended.
3: Is this Justin Barrasso?
2: This, yes, subsequently coming from a report by Sports Illustrator's Justin Barrasso. And regarding uh, Ace Steel and CM Punk, Barrasso reports that they will either be suspended or terminated outright by AEW. And if AEW opts to fire them... Uh, They will be out of the company by the end of today. Sod's law means this is probably going to happen whilst we are recording this podcast. But yes, at time of recording. Omega and the Bucks um, are the the three names, or three most important names, suspended. No word yet on uh, Steel and Punk's punishment, but it's either going to be a suspension or an outright firing. And what on earth are we going to tune in to see other than... (laughs) <laughs> I don't want to step
3: on your toes there. <laughs> you know what I mean? We don't, Jim. We have this no clue, mate. <laughs> so I'm inferring, and again, to reiterate, because when all of these dicey situations happen, you kind of have to cover your back for like libel and all that kind of thing. I am inferring from this report to which I'm reading secondhand that apparently there was an investigation opened up by AEW, i.e. Tony Khan, about... What exactly determine through every witness and all the rest of it what exactly happened, and all the rest of it. It would appear to me that if this is true, this report from Barrasso, and you know he's Sports Illustrated, it's legacy media. Um, they always get the um the big interviews before the pay per views, like Omega and Punk, um, always get the Sports Illustrated to do that big um profile pieces ahead of the big shows. So I'm. Just going to say this is true and if it is that would indicate to me that it was in fact tm punk who threw the first punch because if it was one of management and you know the glorified titles at this point not in the case of omega he just loads of stuff with the game um but the the consensus is that they are glorified titles they certainly do not have the power they did prior to january 2020 mm. um across the holiday season from ni- 2019 into 2020, that is when Tony Khan was like, I'm not doing this creative committee anymore. I'm taking control of the book. Input, yes. Expression, obviously, but I've got the book. Nonetheless, the optics are they are EVPs, they are management. If management in a company, irrespective of what the talent has done, decides to go in there and punch the talent, that's one thing. That's They should get fired. It's like kicking the door down thing, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. And the fact that they're getting suspended and Punk and Steel are potentially getting fired, what an incredible thing to say out loud, that would indicate to me that the investigation has determined that, in fact, the Punk slash Steel side were the aggressors or the ones who started the physical part of the altercation. Um, So that is my interpretation of events. Uh, Well... Looks like there's been enough <laughs> Kenny Omega versus CM Punk fantasy match, dream match. At least we got okay. the Cody one,
4: eh? Before that dream died, at least we got the Cody
3: one. You know what? I said it after the Cody thing. I said it. You did. I remember. After the injury crisis, stop putting too many people on television in star versus jobber matches. You've not got anywhere near as much time as you think, and complex developing situations will happen that will preclude you like injury crises yes. from doing these matches change everything at this point your ratings aren't doing it your backstage morale is completely and utterly out of control it's potentially um it's injurious it's going to get potentially legally very dicey i don't know how that goes from that to yeah, yeah, yeah. just put kenny omega and more matches on tv But you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. He might need to change his booking philosophy. Look at the Bobby Fish thing. As Hamflin pointed out, what a waste of time this Undisputed Elite stuff was in the end. What a complete waste of time. Cody, elevating, 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 elevating. Has Sammy Guevara been elevated? No, he's right back where he started. You can't push too many people at once. You can't build an entire new generation of new stars. Obviously, it just simply hasn't happened. You've wasted time all like so many of these dream matches are now appear like off the table even if punk survives is he going to want to actually work with Omega and the maker in the books no great months ago punk was angling to work the books alongside danielson we're never getting that again great yeah well it's just these are all scattershot thoughts yeah but i'm absolutely gutted by this whole situation but ultimately if it's as violent and aggressive and this combined with the fact that he's... What CM Punk has done is apparently he's allegedly beat the out of someone, started the fight to do that, has not backed down in a subsequent much longer verbal altercation after completely and utterly burying the pay-per-view. The only part of me that says, well, don't fire him, right, is because he's a professional wrestling genius. (laughs) If this is, you know, someone who's a great worker in his own right... But not CM. Alex Reynolds, right? great worker. If he does all this, I'm thinking, oh, get rid of him. You can't punch one of the yeah, young bucks. Yeah, yeah. You can't bury the pay-per-view by going into business for yourself and doing this grandstand heel promo. Fire Alex Reynolds right now. Never want to see him again. Because it's punk, yeah. and he's great, and Tony Khan might be having this conversation in his exactly. head. It's like, oh, maybe don't fire him. Even though he's done things, apparently, completely justifying being fired. And it's because it's CM Punk that a lot of people go,
4: works both ways, that as well. If the EVPs were just guys in suits and they were starting fights with wrestlers, you'd call for the heads of media. Yeah, yeah. would like, that kind of work. Like, even getting in, not starting, sorry, getting in fights, getting in scuffles, you like, that kind of function. But again, like, it's the EVPs in question happen to be like three integral wrestlers to all this. I'm a little bit gutted. This just seems to be coming to its end, to be honest. I've really, really enjoyed that. I know it's not a popular thing to say. <laughs> I know it's not maybe the most diplomatic or ethically sound thing to say, but I've really loved this. Like, and I'll be gutted if CM Punk leaves AEW. Like, I like a bit of danger. Like, I don't know if it's just that, like, it, these are residual effects of having to eat some shit for, like, in three letters myself three years ago. But I really did like three letters. And, like, I kind of learned some harsh lessons there because I, I should have learned decades ago with WWE, by the way. People like these letters too much. It's just it's just wrestling company. Like, it's just AW. Like, I've seen a lot of this. Like, just need this to get fixed so, like, we can go. Like, it's not going to go back to being harmonious. It's a wrestling company. What was actually happening is this destined happened all along. Mm. Like, that um, early period was something that was always going to be temporary. Like, you, of course, there's going to be highs and lows, but that was always going to be temporary because more money was going to come in, more things were going to change, more things were going to be compromised, more values were going to be tested, all that kind of thing. And this was destined to happen, and I like it more for it. Cedric really got me thinking when we did our podcast, which you can still go and listen to. All uh, hell breaks
3: loose in AEW. Yeah.
4: Um, where I feel like we did well at the time, over 20 minutes, to try and cover as much as possible of the story that was there at the time. Cedric really got me thinking last night about just what I want. Harriet the Kings. From this. <laughs> I'm kidding, <laughs> <laughs> And uh, you were saying how, like, it was two days in, and you've had, like, two or three really good days on Twitter, but, like, what does it do for the long-term health of the product? And I went away, and I was like, I think I want seven out of ten AEW if I get nine out of ten drama every three months like this. <laughs> CM Punk is a guy that can cause that. Lightning rod creates lightning. Like, I want that over and over again, and if it's not Punk, like, I want it to be somebody else. And, I like, I want lessons to be that. I don't, I'm not advocating physical violence, you know. If... Yeah. <laughs> like allegedly, Thunder Rosa was keeping herself to herself in a toilet or something as Jamie here patrolled the corridors. We were this close then to three fights in two weeks. That's untenable. And I'm not suggesting that you can have a wrestling company like that. The spice, I'm into it. And I kinda like I want CM Punk sticking around. Not for the it's for the idea that they won't work together, but they might. It's for that lingering, that kind of punk and cabana being the same company for all this time and this being this unspoken thing like, ooh, I like that. You know, and I love CM Punk, the wrestling genius. If if everything had gone perfectly, right, if we were still in CM Punk MJF territory or still in CM Punk Hangman Page Happy Land, where we seemed to be six to eight months ago, like, that's where I'd want, because everything can always turn, but the magic side of it is kind of my favourite thing. It's it's, it's worth it. The juice is worth the squeeze when it comes to CM Mm. Punk for me. So I'll kind of be sad that it comes to this. And, uh, like, a little bit of me, and again, we've all got our biases, probably informed by it, like... I get it. I get why the decisions are being made. Uh, I don't think the I don't. Think there's more blame one way or the other. Personally, like I really don't. I think like you can argue who threw the first punch. CM Punk that he shouldn't have done what he did in the press conference. Uh, wrestlers should figure out their issues better than they do since yes. the dawn of time. I'm not suggesting that that was the right thing to do. I think they like the if on balance, I think the elite were as in the wrong as CM Punk in this situation. Personally, possibly because of their position, more so. Like, executive vice presidents, Tony Carr. They
3: fed nothing to the press. Like, Fightful, Sean Ross Sapp, um, um Alvarez, and Melta have staked their professional reputations on saying outright, the elite have not said a damn thing to us on or off the record about the whole thing about... But it I goes
4: know, somewhere. Telephone, telegram, telewrestling, yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. It goes somewhere that then but, goes to them, you know, like... But the, Punk, who t- seems to think that that's definitely happened yes. as well, you know. It, I, I just. I'll I kind of. I like. with recording this now. As you say, that it could break halfway through recording. That CM Punk will be gone. I hope he isn't. I hope this ends in suspension. And I'm. And in my gut, I think Tony Khan thinks it hopes it ends in suspension mm. as well. I still believe he would rather exploit this
3: for money, pro wrestling, than for this for it ending in tears. I've got a few things to say. Sorry about Tony Khan before I think what you're going to come and get to me, out of me next. Right. This is what I want to say about Tony Khan. Right. Um, I think he's been a really overlooked guilty party in all of this, Mm -hmm. right? And Dave Meltzer, at the time, the last big situation was cooking, said this, the last thing you want to do, the absolute last thing you want to do, he's lived through it time and time again, is um, work the boys, go into business for yourself, Create this really shadowy, corny atmosphere because the culture of every company starts at the top. And what he's done is, he has gone into business with himself and MGF. Like, yes, it was a shoot at the start. It became a 100% work the second that it became a proper shoot on television. Yeah. obviously because he had a he's sitting in gorilla watching <laughs> MJF, right. Tell him call him. Can't have that
4: because he played the voicemail on on Sunday. Right. Come on.
3: So, what they've done is they've worked the locker room. At some point down the line, they've worked that locker room, the two of them, to do, I wouldn't be cool to do Pillman stuff. Actually, yeah, that sounds awesome. We haven't done that yet. (laughs) And they're both very clever guys. And they've pulled it off. um, To the detriment of locker room morale, like, unless all of them were in on it, and I don't believe they were, he's open the floodgates of a culture where if you can just go into business for yourself, not play by the rules, he set the tone, and all of this, in my opinion, stems from that. Obviously CM Punk and the Hangman Page promo on Double or Nothing predates, but if Punk and someone, I can't remember who, so I apologize, but I think more than one person has pointed this out to me, to one of my various tw- uh, tweets on the subject, of CM Punk, if he's been sat there in his house, bedridden for two weeks, A known grudge holder, has probably <laughs> driven himself into torment yeah. about the situation. Powder keg stuff with him. Powder keg stuff. He's probably stewing and stewing and stewing, getting progressively more and more pissed off. But this started, or this culture of, I can shoot on you, I can shoot on you. Um, it all started when Khan and MGF kind of went into business for themselves. You, I would love to know, um,
4: and, I, you know, we'll all extend the invite to CM Punk. But uh, I would love to know in the aftermath of all of this, at what point, so, like, CM Punk being involved in the Eddie Kingston program, for example, let's say, and then following that, everything was still rosy. Rosy for a good while, and then he goes off to have this career-defining series with MJF. I watched some of that back, and not even all of it, but within, you could pick 30 seconds of the Eddie Kingston promo, and he eviscerates him with real-life stories, mm-hmm. Uh in things that people were destined to remember more than they remembered that throwaway Hangman Page line, right? And there had to be either mutual understanding or whatever had been discussed backstage. MJF tiptoed close, but we always documented that he never said Colt Cabana, and that felt like a line in the sand. It's like, well, if MJF can't do it, this is never, never, ever happening. And then Page went and did it. So that feels like, again, this difficulty of the, well, the freedom of expression. You don't want to rein it in, but then this is what happens when you let it go completely and if there's not enough communication. If Eddie Kingston went quite deep with his cuts and the two of them both said, we're good. And Kingston gave him the nod and Punk gave him the nod. And then Punk's firing back with some pretty cruel stuff himself. And then Punk was still really happy after the fact. Did that give this indication of seeing Punk's fair game? You know, like, I know, like, his business, he's business. He's a difficult man and he has, makes no secret of being a misery. But he's business. And again, like, is it, when Sidgwick says about culture, it just makes you think, well, like, e- everything kind of has a butterfly effect, doesn't it? Like, everything has a potential knock-on effect. And I just, I wonder if, like, we, you were trying to drill down in the office, Sidgwick, when we talked talking about this, like, there's this, there's a lot of, it's difficult to figure out the timeline of CM Punk's but I think mood. Will
3: Bourne's going to come to me Right, Sorry. Yeah, yeah, so,
4: like, but I just think about, I was when I was watching it back, I was just thinking, like, so all of this went completely without a hitch. Yeah. Unless we didn't hear about it, unless Punk and Kingston settled something privately. All of that went off and nobody flagged a single thing up considering that Kingston has since been in a fight about comments that were made about him. Yeah. And all of this was CM Punk and the two of them doing it to each other and it was handshakes and hot dogs after the fact. Like, it, it, when you say about Tony, it just makes me think, yeah. are we just ignoring the individuals for the sake of a lot of things? Say, like, there's, there's an incident at the New Year's party and that's the turning point. Where has been this point where, like, a lot of things seemed to go wrong all at once, you know, because it didn't seem like there was slime running under New York back then and
3: there certainly does now. Yeah. My take on the whole Tony Khan kind of going into business for himself and not at the locker room and hiding things on the locker room and telling a story that worked at the locker room, that accounts for the cultural change. Not specific to the CM Punk thing, although it's a major part of it, but the Thunder Rose the Kinks and the Guevara I honestly think it became a different wrestling company when they decided to engineer that elaborate work, which, of course, stemmed from real-life issues. But the second they fictionalized that, without the knowledge of that locker room, it became this incredibly paranoid, testy, volatile mm. environment. And this has happened, as Malta pointed out, at the time. Prescient. And it's not being prescient, it's just knowing that history repeats and this sort of thing happens all the time that's when the culture changed and that's what how we've all of it has converged into this mess because the culture of that company changed when that became a big elaborate work it, it became a fascinating incredibly compelling company Yeah, by well, the way but an untenable one at the same time it's
4: it's like sort of striking me now, as you're saying that as well. That obviously, you know, as usual, we get our news from a lot of familiar sources, but very trusted ones. Yeah. people that are getting information from sources they trust, and typically it's the of themselves and all that. And the meeting two, three weeks ago, where Chris Jericho was like, "There, we need to stop feeding the sheets." And it's like, well, for a start, how about Chris Jericho? <laughs> but also, like that again speaks to well. Everyone's been feeding the sheets since the very beginning. Dave Meltzer was accused of constantly being fed stuff, but it was all positive stuff. So again, nothing's actually changed. People have been feeding the sheets since day one of AEW, but when people were really happy in AEW, what are you going to feed them? Good news, good news, good news, good news. Uh, Get the news out there that AEW is great to, for example, Adam Cole, so that when the contract season comes up, all he's heard is best things off his mates, and over he comes. You know, like, if it's a good news place, that's why all the WWE stars want to jump. Perception is reality, blah, blah, blah. And now that's flipped. So, like, when they're saying don't feed the sheets, what they mean is... Don't feed them the bad news. Tell them what you like about when things are great, but for God's sake, shut up about the bad stuff. But maybe the wrestlers aren't finding good stuff to share. So that's why it feels like this deluge of constant like, negative stories sneaking out.
2: You mentioned the timeline of things there. How do you think this plays has played out? I mean, obviously, you've covered literally the rise of AW, yeah. Becoming All Elite, the book available right now at Amazon. Um, it's uh, Like you say, it's been... It's been one of those things where yeah, maybe in six months, maybe at the end of this year, maybe in a few years' time, we'll be able to sort of zoom out over it all and, like you say, really pinpoint this. But it has felt a slow shifting, hasn't there? Well, I'm
3: life? really, really trying hard to figure this out. And Without speaking to any of the principles involved, that is going to be impossible. But CM Punk said at the presser, I've wanted nothing to do with Scott Colton for a decade, probably even longer than that. Right In 2018, when the court case was decided in their favor, he said, and I quote, um, I'm just sad about my friend, Colt getting dragged, my friend, Colt 2018. It's one thing to get the, the the time they recorded The Art of Wrestling one year off. That's a memory lapse anyone's capable 2013, of. 2013, 2014. Yeah yeah, yeah, 2018, yeah, yeah, 2018, after the actual court trial, is a different thing. They said, my friend, Colt and then there was yet more... Suing and stuff after the fact, so he's probably someone on Twitter I can't remember who pointed out maybe they just thought we're like we're kind of in the trenches together on this one, they were laughing together in court, together laughing together in yeah. court, we're kind of in the trenches here, um, united by a common thing, and then maybe one last go, and then maybe Cabana's done something to piss CM Punk off or whatever. Regardless, the idea is that whether it was 2013, 14, 18, that relationship was to quote Taz Dunsky <laughs> by 2021, at which point CM Punk. Arrived in all elite wrestling, and basically, I think I want to talk about this because on the All Hell Breaks Loose podcast, which you can listen to on Apple, Spotify, or, <laughs> or, or on, watch, YouTube. on YouTube, yeah. wherever you get your podcast from, <laughs> I went two foot on Punks. I thought he's just ruined that pay per view, and for all his talk of all the boys and all the rest of us, he, he kind of screwed them all up. And their stories that they've been working so hard on for ages don't matter because you had to get your gripe out. That is unprofessional, hypocritical behavior. But maybe he does have a case. And I just wanted to give a team an explanation as to why, even though I don't know the whole facts and nobody does. October seventeen, no, October twenty seventh. October, right? I think it's October twenty seven. CM Punk beats Bobby Fish <laughs> in the opening match of Dynamite. Oh, they're staying mates. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> CM Punk defeats Bobby Fish in the Dynamite opener. The main event is the Dark Order versus the Elite in the Halloween. Colt Cabana wrestles on the same card as CM Punk. The o- Ghostbusters one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, on October 27, 2021. It is inconceivable to me, right? This is Occam's Razor stuff. Inconceivable to me that Tony Khan, when putting that together, thought, Ugh. it's one thing for Punk to have his private locker room and be mainly away from it. Punk can only speak to who and see who he kind of really wants to because of the the physical layout of this locker room, is it another thing to put them on the same card? Would that be... If nothing else, Tony Khan's got to think, ah, oh, I'm a bit scared politically about what Punk might think about this, or professional courtesy. Yeah. Do you know by being on the same card, at the very least, even if you are... Even if it's exceedingly unlikely that you'll actually run into each other because you've got your own locker room and you're away from that kind of thing by express design, people on Twitter are going to think, oh, Punk and Cabana mm-hmm. are working the same card... There'll be talk about the pair I bet it's reviews. in our preview. I can't remember exactly, but I bet
4: it's in our yeah. preview. Yeah, it
3: was all over Twitter at the time. Oh, yeah. Jesus Christ, we're on the same card. Tony Khan must have known how people are going to talk about the fact that they're on the same card. That might annoy Punk getting it all brought mm. back to him. Is a professional courtesy. I find it inconceivable that Khan wouldn't have said, oh, it, you know, I'm doing this because it makes sense for the various stories. Are you okay with it? Punk must have said yes. In the event that Khan... Didn't have the courtesy or whatever to say that Oh, you're know, you going to be on the same card. He must have thought it's the most normal thing in the world. They don't like each other, but they can clearly work alongside each other because they are both doing business separately on the same night. If that didn't happen, Punk is kicked off. He can't have been that pissed off because this thing happened again on November 24, 2021. In the meantime working the same shows as Colt Punk and Hangman Page are developing a little bromance on Twitter. Punk is, like, really supportive, saying Cowboys. This is when CM Punk is in love with pro wrestling, by the way. He's the only happy guy on wrestling Twitter. <laughs> He's doing post shows, sing-alongs with Page. After these shows, and he knows who Page is mates with, maybe, just maybe, Punk was actually fine to not only work alongside Colt as long as it was separate, which is fine, maybe, just maybe, he was fine with other people liking him because Paige obviously has for some time. So what has gone on? Something has happened long after everyone thinks something happened, if that makes any sense. I need to know, for peace of (laughs) goddamn mind, what happened between that that November Dynamite and the April 2022 Supercard of Honor, where it was like, oh, that's where... uh, Colt is yeah, and what us. a rubbish excuse that is, by the way. I know this is not Dynamite preview, but whatever. What a uh, can't do anything with Colt now. Oh, he's in ROH, yeah. Can't put him on AEW. <laughs> what is ROH, Tony? Yeah, <laughs> there's that, and Samoa Joe. <laughs> ROH an ROH champion appeared on Dynamite. Uh, the FTR or ROH tag champions there on Dynamite. Dynamite. Jay Lethals on Dynamite. Um, loads of people are on the mid card of the last ROH pay-per-view were all over Rampage. We're staring
4: down the barrel of CM Punk getting fired before Colt Cabana. It's mad, that. That's That's potentially on the cards if that
3: occurs. I hate this idea that <sighs> he's in ROH now, so that's why he's not getting booked on AEW. Literally everyone in ROH has been cross-pollination out the air yeah. so mm-hmm. Does CM Punk have a point? Because he said in that presser, I don't care where he works. And he didn't on those two episodes of Dynamite that I've cited. What has happened... And it happened long after people thought the thing happened.
4: There are, I think you can, again, it's all opinions and re- trying to read Punk's body language and the rest of it and how he said certain things. There are things Punk could have said in that promo that were either knowingly false or kind of willfully ignorant, but the sort of how defiant and how clear he was in his assessment of the, like, Colt Cabana's working conditions specifically felt like the hard truth, there are other parts of that, like obviously his opinions on mm. EVPs and his opinions on Hang Lang Page and certain elements of him describing the legal process as he remembers where like there could have been errors made and dates, not like there was stuff there where you can maybe pick holes and things, the way he was delivering that, you do not lie so openly And it was kind of his leading statement, wasn't it? I don't care where he works, where he eats, where he sleeps. I was like, that was like as if he was defending himself to a jury. Yeah. That was kind of his big opening statement in this thing he wanted to talk about. He doesn't go out there and just tell bold-faced lies because then Colt Cabana, as soon as he's able, says, yes, you did. The end. Like, yes, you did. This is what happened. Or somebody with connections co- to Cabana or get it out there for through other ways or whatever. One email, one message, it's, one, it's yeah. It's the quickest thing to debunk and be like, yes, all of this has happened to me directly because of you. And Punk going out there and being as sort of bold about that particular element of all the things he said. I'm totally with Sidgwick here. Like, something, something is... A really key bit of information is missing. Maybe more, maybe more than one key bit of information. It's... Like, again, I just... It's a shame in a way that all of this couldn't have been settled the proper way because maybe in the fullness of time, with much, much cooler heads, like they could actually come together and work together again. And everybody can just be honest about what went on over the last sort of six to eight months because nothing like this happens overnight. CM Punk has simmered while injured, Mm -hmm. and maybe before that, the elite have perhaps had their own issues with Punk already. Other members of the locker room, Punk's always. You know, self-confessed miserable bastard that doesn't get along with hardly anybody or holds petty grudges. So there might have been already you are developing dislike or um, cliques and factions. Which, you, when you visualise the roster, you can really easily put people into one side or another as well. So I just think it's a sort of thing that probably could have reached a boiling point that wasn't physical, and had it done that, nobody would have
3: needed to go. Tony Khan ultimately has failed dismally as a leader. He's lost control. Yeah, yeah. Like I still think he's a good booker. Very good at his best. He has failed dismally as a leader. And the the heartbreaking thing is, he himself has said he was trying to establish what not to do. He's the message yeah. board poster. He's the mega fan of wrestling. He's the historian. He knows exactly what not to do. And he's just playing with volatile, egomaniac uh, talent. And they've completely like, just played him off this park.
4: A, a, a what if. What if Punk says all of that and then he's walking up and Tony Khan's like, oh, do you mind if I take one of these, Phil? You know, he's nodded along to all that. There's like a tacit endorsement, effective there. He's sharing a drink with him and then the fight doesn't happen and people just go home and everybody's really pissed off in the car on the way, but nobody says a thing. Like, is that Tony Khan just basically allowing his EVPs and his top baby face come ex-world champion and the belt itself to be dragged in the way it was by CM Punk? You know, if no fight occurs, what then? But like how how's that look in a way, this fight has kind of at least taken that
2: heat off Tony Khan himself? And I get it with the whole, you know, fight we're obviously all speculating and again at a time of recording he isn't. But if he is fired, CM Punk fired from AW is a big enough headline. Does the fact that he is the biggest one of this year? But does the fact that he's world champion Think of that? change anything? For you, like make it make you slightly more hesitant with, with the firing or
3: well the thing is I said that I had a couple of things to say about Tony Khan. <laughs> I <laughs> remembered one, I've just remembered the other thing I want to say about Tony Khan, right? This I could be made a mug of. This is the guy who said that's swerving our glory versus the acclaimed would fail dis- yeah it all out. So I might be completely wrong on this. <laughs> I would be willing to bet for the thing you've just said that Tony Khan has sat down with CM Punk, right. Not like, Phil, you've been horrible. You've been unprofessional. You've disgraced this company. I'm doing the professional courtesy. of sitting you down face-to-face because it's not very pleasant to conduct this sort of thing. On a telephone, you're terminated. Um, you sullied the good name of the promotion. You've gone into business for yourself. You've ruined the pay-per-view that I and all the talent have spent building for months now. You have to go... This isn't necessarily goodbye forever, but I have to make an example out of you. And I'm honestly a little bit disgusted by your conduct. Imagine Tony Khan saying that at CM. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine? I, I just think he wants to sit down and say, How much will you get pissed off if I punish you? Will you be will you be thinking p- about this as a dad? I know. Like it's it's absurd to even imagine yeah. starting
4: that way, like a bollocking knees, dishing out to be like, before we start with this telling off. Like, where are you at with
2: this? (laughs) You've thrown all over the wall.
3: Where are you at with this? I think if he's not actually gone full, full, like, submissive to Punk and said, oh, what would you let us do, like, to punish you and all the rest of it, like, because, you know, I'm scared of you and I'm a big fanboy. I think if not actually to Punk, that was a joke. He's racked his brains over the past five days. not about what the right thing to do is, Not about what the most bold message he can send to both the locker room, the fans and the media. I think he's went, how can I get away with not getting rid of him? That's... Yeah. I I think A Steel would have been fired the next day. That's uh, the thing. Yeah, A Steel would have been gone day one because
4: he's like, there's nothing... uh, Not Jobs, you know, all aside, there's nothing to lose politically there
3: other than the fact it's CM Punk. Yeah. Like A Steel would have gone because he's... No one cares about A Steel in terms of who, like makes them money for this company. Like, I'm not saying he's bad as his job, and I'm not saying that the job itself is not important, but come on, he's not talent. Wrestling has rules about he's not, big he's star, he's not yeah, 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 he's expendable in this situation, but he isn't because CM Punk might kick off. I think Tony Connor spent the last, what is it, three days? In his head, in his head, all oh, along thinking, I'll just suspend the books and Omega. That's fine. I think he's been thinking that. Everyone wants him to go. Optics, it's kind of terrible if he doesn't. I obviously want him to stay because he's a top draw, top star. I'm sorted with him, look at his face. After the press conference ended, how can I get away with it? What would be enough to suspend and fine him? What length of suspension? What's the monetary value of mm. this fine that I can impose on punks? That A, it looks good enough optics-wise for everyone to think, oh, bold action's been taken by Tony, well done. B, how not to piss that man off because he wants to keep him and I think that's what he's been racking his brains about for the 3 days. Pure speculation on my part, but when you've got a top star that you don't want to get rid of, yeah. that's clearly what's going through his head. Could. I'm just going to check Twitter right now
4: because <laughs> I like you know, there's like there are nuanced conversations to be had about like again this I don't want to do the like my own bargaining, but like let's say you are working towards trying to keep everybody. Right, suspensions and suspensions yeah. alone. Are there nuanced conversations to be like I know exactly who you are, Phil. But as part of this, let's figure this out. Long term, you were going to have to stand in the middle of that locker room and acknowledge this and look people in the eyes. And whether or not you apologise or whether or not you just speak to people, man to man and man to woman, to say that, uh, you know, I didn't behave in the way that a veteran would do. I have my opinions and I have my beliefs. You know, like uh, conversation, actual nuance, detailed conversation about the things you believed were right, the things that you now understand were wrong slash unacceptable in your position as a company figurehead. You know, he talked so much. Cedric, like, said hypocritical, and there was a lot of areas in which CM Punk was hypocritical. But he talked so much about, you know, he was clearly really pissed off when the Hangman Pages said he doesn't listen to advice, right? What CM Punk is implying there is that the advice of legends and the way that people behave is vitally important. What now for, let's say, of Thin Air, Max Caster, to go and do exactly what CM Punk did? What would Punk think of that? I'm sure he'd want to give him an attaboy, But the reality is, and just business, you show respect and you, you know, think. Still still relevant. (laughs) Like, it's just, it strikes me that, like, if there's any way that CM Punk stays, then people have to talk to one another, like, human beings, not, like, idiot, blowhard, like, egotistical or blown up or full of adrenaline guys that just ultimately it's going to end up in a fight again. Like, the Colt Cabana thing, CM Punk, like, sorry, we're going all over the place here. (laughs) CM Punk said in that Everyone's press
3: conference. Everyone's as th- obsessed as us,
4: so yeah. carry on. Sam Punk said in that press conference that, wh- like, why should I have to explain my friendship or lack of their, lack thereof to anybody, you know, with Colt Camaro at this point? And a little bit of me. He didn't, no one asked. Well, no one asked. He, cre- <laughs> he created the situation, but he knew that the conversation was out there, especially yeah, now yeah. since the Hangman page and then everyone else that followed. Like, he knew that it was as, it was as much in the conversation as it had ever been after the workers' right line. Previously, Probably that dynamite was the one time where we went, ooh, and got a little bit closer at the screen. Beyond that, until that promo, it was kind of it had gone away, hadn't it? You know, I think there's a bit of a. I love Punk, but I think there's a bit of a reality check there. You've got to say, well, because you signed for the same company that he works for, that's why this is going to come up because you've had a very, very public falling out off the back of a significant legal situation. So, like, I'll, I want the tone to be as nice as possible. And I would love a journalist to have been confident in the first place, all out 2021, when his eyes are kite, to be like, this has been a wonderful night. I'm a journalist. Do you have any comment on what it's going to be like to share a locker room with Colt Cabana? And he could just say, no comment. You know, if, if everybody was grown ups, I think it is fair game to ask questions about that. I think it has gone way beyond that. And what's happened is Hangman Page has said a line and everything has gone, poof, and he's seen tweets and he's gone. That's what's like really, and then he's stewed at home injured, and that's what's pissed him off. So it's all come out in the worst possible way. You but, know what? There's
3: a great point, and I'm interrupting you midpoint, so okay, right, I'm sorry. sorry. This could have been avoided. My esteemed colleague makes a great point. If you just have a bit of a backbone first, and then just out in the open, or, yeah. or it's verboten, just say it right, okay. I My job as a journalist is to A, get to the truth of the matter, and B, Deliver that truth to the people who are talking about the matter. You're speaking as the hypothetical journalist, not as us. We need to always be clear we're not journalists. Yes, Nobody <laughs> isolate that.
4: Like, we're never journalists. Listen so, to yeah. our
3: NXT 2.0 review <laughs> oh. or, on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. It's a great one this week, and we are not journalists. But the, yeah, who, <laughs> the people who um, fancy themselves as journalists, <laughs> who actually go to these presses, should say, okay, while it's relevant as well, yep. don't uh, like not agenda uh, driven shit. Their stuff like <laughs> it full gear when oh, it seems to be okay actually. So why bring it up then? When it's pertinent, yeah.
4: Welcome to the company, yeah. Dot, 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 five questions later, and also
3: this is interesting. People will want to know about this. But people wanted to know, and people yeah. like I don't care about a storyline except when it's on TV mm. or you know not in that context. In the press conferences, if I don't know anything about a storyline, I will watch the TV. Or I'll go on their Twitter or where these storylines are actually delivered. Otherwise, why do a press conference? Why bother? It should have been asked immediately. It's, it's like there's a, you know, and that's sort of about being proactive, isn't
4: it? I guess. And about being thoughtful and not ignoring the, and it was such an elephant in the room. As well, it was an enormous elephant. It was for years the reason why we thought this is never gonna get over the line. Yeah, because oh well cabana's there. That's always gonna get in the way. I remember Cabana signed and there'd been a couple of near misses and false starts with punk. And I think we all collectively agreed, well, that's it then. Yeah. Like punk is yeah. off the table at any point that we thought it might happen, done. He's already had that little bitchy remark about there, doesn't like texting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cody wasn't like the kindest to his legacy in a couple of interviews and things like that, and it's just like I think that cabana signing was the moment. So it's it's out there. And then he signs. Great. Talk about it. Yeah. Talk about talk about everything. But yeah, certainly, that's all. That's Captain Hindsight stuff. you can't do anything about that now. But going forward, should Tony can't keep him, there's a lesson to be learned straight away. Of course, you've got to put him in the elite in a room. Figure this out. You know, Sean and Brett, we're hearing lots of Sean and Brett stuff this week, because of course we were with Sunny Days, Montreal, blah, 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 blah. What also happened between Sunny Days and Montreal was Sean and Brett worked together loads. Loads and loads and loads. You had the incredible SummerSlam match with The Undertaker. You had them brawling. You had the build to the Survivor Series, you know. Like, they were able to be professional and build a superheated payoff before everything else happened after. Like, Brett didn't hit Sean after Montreal. Yes, exactly. He hit Vince McMahon after Montreal. Montreal was Vince versus Brett, not Brett versus Sean. Yeah, so, like, it's just sort of... It's one of the things where, like, conversations can be had that result in CM Punk keeping his job, and down the line, working with Kenny Omega, I definitely think that's off the table in the interim, Hmm. and it's stupid to try and tease it. But I I, I think it's a real shame if Punk goes, and I I think what's happened here... It's always the case now with everything. I think a culture war has occurred very quickly, and people through the biases, and I'm subconsciously doing it because I do favor Punk over the a little bit as a from a wrestling taste point of view. But I would rather everybody stay. Yeah, like I might want my frigging Young Bucks Uso's match or whatever it is that people like. But like I would rather everybody be in AEW and I would rather the the frisson that you get sometimes and how that can really benefit things as well. Like I bet Jim Ross is saying like, figure this out. Like, you won a few fights. He would always say that, wouldn't he, about, like, uh, if Rock's... Co- if Austin's come back saying like, Rock's doing them goddamn nursery rhymes again. Jim Ross is, like, rubbing his thighs going, is he Steve? Ah, oh, yeah, nightmare that, innit? And he's like, this Austin's rattled. We've got, like, two stars at the same time. Like, he understood that that was, like, a shark tank, but you can... If you just nurture it and harness it just right, Tony Schiavone is Tony Khan's right-hand man because of, like, generic WCW chaos yes. that you had to see every day. Like there are people that can make this work. Mm. I just wish they could find a way to make it work. It's never going to be like... But it's my belief that it was never all Friends Wrestling to begin with. I think a lot of people are holding on to a dream that was bollocks in the first place. I just think that, like, yes, there was loads of mates and everybody wanted the best. But I think everybody still wants the best now. Nobody wants AW. Like, nobody wants the rights fees to be compromised by something as awful as... Imagine that. Like, I know the show hasn't been amazing in 2022, but it's been under-earning based on what it deserves on ratings. and. It'd be, like, horrendous. We talked about this on the pod as well, available on Apple, iTunes, Spotify, and on YouTube, that if anything like this was to get back to Time Warner or Discovery and it was to have a, a knock-on effect in Tony Khan's seat at the
3: negotiation table, disaster. Absolute Time disaster. Warner or Discovery, who we should actually mention in this case, will want CM Punk to stay. Yeah, he's yeah. a draw. He's a numbers guy. He hasn't, like, killed anyone. Yeah. He hasn't badly injured anyone. It's the stuff nobody can say out loud. Yeah. He, he, they will want him to stay.
4: It's, it's more, it might
3: be their call. An email
4: is more likely to land on one of them execs that otherwise doesn't give a toss about AEW. It's more likely to land in their inbox if he gets fired than if he stays. Yeah. With, uh, like, Big Show loses Top Star. You apply that to any other TV show, they're going to get an email the next day, and that's Tony Khan knowing that, like, like he's not going to send that news of termination to 4.59 on a Friday. <laughs> like, oh, God.
3: It's... We'll keep the thought on the preview brief. Who
4: cares about wrestling? It might even get hijacked. Just on That was one thing I was going to say before as well, and it is sort of related to a question you asked before. Um, what this has all done, and I think this is, it does make it hard to preview a show, but we're talking about the likes of MJF and John Moxley, the people you need to talk about with the broader shoulders, situations like this. What it has done, world champion, trio champions, wrestling's fake. Belts are fake. Like this is a long
3: MJF's br- act is fake. Yeah. This is <laughs> I M- hate saying that it's but pressure
4: promo of all time for on MGF's shoulders tonight. This is like your segue, but like all of this is fake and it is it behooves AEW tonight to uh put Kurt Angle in the shield. Seriously. Like you need that sort of like Vince McMahon over delivery. Explain that to people like Sorry like, AJ Styles. The Vince McMahon over delivery rule. Which, uh, like, I think, I think towards the end he probably like didn't do as well a job of. but historically he was always very good. Somebody gets injured or somebody doesn't make a show for whatever reason, you deliver something better than the thing you had before, at least or momentous, or momentous. TLC 2017. 2017 is a better one because you lose Roman Reigns and Bray Wyatt from two big matches. He puts Kurt Angle in a flak jacket for his first match back in WWE, and like, there's a title switch at day one. Title switch at day one with Brock Lesnar early this year because of what was lost. This. Yeah. This year, this year's Vince McMahon, the man that resigned in disgrace, did the Vince McMahon...
2: 76 years of age <laughs> before he retired at 77.
4: He did the Vince McMahon over-delivery, and it became something that, like, one of the very few things you could rely on from him, actually, and that's, like, good promoter instinct. What Tony Khan has, and I'll use the example he is, as we talked about this over the desks this morning... It's a WrestleMania 14 opportunity. The night after WrestleMania 14, Steve Austin was the world heavyweight champion, and that was destined. Austin had been in a run for a year and a half that was like nothing WWE had seen since Hogan. But who was gone? Shawn Michaels was gone. Bret Hart was gone. The Undertaker and Kane had only just had their first match. You had The Rock as the le- new leader of the nation domination that very night. Triple H is the new leader of DX, away from Shawn shadow for the first time in his career. So many people being gone and so many spaces opening up was actually this moment where all of these young talent was like, oh, my God, five spots. There is literally five spots. Yeah. And what have we said all year? There's too many people on the roster. Yeah. This is such an opportunity, not just for Tony Khan as a booker to make use of some dream matches for fucking change, but for the rest of themselves to be like, like I, I keep thinking of Darby Allen. All right. I'm not a Darby Allen guy, one bit. But he's a man that should be three steps forward than where he is now, based on like the based on the Cody elevation. Based on how much effort he puts into matches, up to and including Sunday just gone, yeah. to try and elevate things beyond what they're set to be. And he stalled because of the bloated roster. What an opportunity. I think the match I pitched to you when we were literally just throwing matches, plucking them out of thin air from the roster page Brian Dannison versus Darby Allen, because you have it. Imagine a wrestling company having Brian Dynaston versus Darby Allen, not yet getting to it. Like, do that. There's so much fan service booking you could do, there's Buffalo stuff we can get to. Like, it's just. Treat this as an opportunity in the, in the short term because I think you've got like enough about you. Tony Khan's proven himself an excellent booker. That like, you've got enough about you to make this like a fascinating two or three weeks in the shadow of this awful event that occurred.
0: A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot, maybe your new best friend.
2: Well, exactly. Let's look ahead, if we can, uh, to AEW Dynamite tonight. So just as Hanflet mentions there, no Omega, no books, no trios champions, no world champions it's in, uh, <laughs> in CM Punk or whatever on earth happens well, to I, him. What's
4: Page's status really? You know, he wasn't involved. He wasn't involved.
2: He's available. So like, you
4: know, he could he could feature. You hear maybe, all these, Maybe you know, check the notes of his promo first.
2: We, uh, we look and we see, you know... Words like implosion being described, carnage, chaos, all hell breaking loose. We said ourselves. Um, and and you look to, to people who can prevent that. Let's talk about MJF separately to this because we know that's actually something that advertised. It's one of three things at the time of recording we know is going to happen. There's a title match, there's a trios match, and there's MJF with a live microphone. But as you, as Hamlet mentioned there, you look across the rest of that locker room you've got your danielsons you've got your you know your young up and comers as well in in derby allen and, and the like you've got kingston you've got jericho they jericho and john Moxley in particular who i don't think we're going to be on this show potentially but are have been asked obviously to come back i mean not to besmirch any of those names that i've mentioned but as a backup to the champs it's not bad people to turn to is it really
3: no not at all not at all Um, I'm with Hamflord before we get to the three brief things we're going to do imagine considering MJF's thing that's the brief thing that I have to to get to like Punk is a complete arsehole who's ruined so much he is
2: MJF has been like I saw a tweet earlier that was like low key this was great and it was the MJF thing and it's like the fact that the thing that dominated that topped and tailed the entire pay-per-view is low key by the way I know no one's talking about like imagine that
3: as I said, yes, well, anyone's talked about for three months. As I <laughs> yeah. said yesterday, the reason why you don't do work shoots, they never go right in the end, even though they're sometimes extremely compelling at the start. MGF had the chance to legitimately subvert that and do something amazing with it for what the first time ever mm. in a way that wasn't disastrous. Oh, it's neatly and beautifully and calculatedly. Pillman's is
4: pretty good if he doesn't crash his car. Yeah, like Pillman's was a, yeah. there's the
3: template, and that nearly worked. So too. twice, yeah. twice. Yeah, it just looked so performed, mm-hmm. so contrived, which it you, everyone would have been generous to the fact that oh, Tony Khan's literally producing a segment with his own candid private voicemail, that's fake stuff. But it's storyline; you would go along with it. Just the idea of MGF, and he's tried and he's done such a masterful job of linking, like the the line. Greatest thing the devil ever did was convince the world he doesn't exist, and he goes to date. It's just so clever, and yet it's I've just. I'll e- tell you
4: this. I'll tell you that I might have come up with a stable name for them, and, and I hate it. Like it hit me in the way of work. The devil's rejects. <laughs> absolutely, the voice hit. as well. I Think like. about how they all like they were all on their bones, of their arse, and stuck their hands on a card. Like, <laughs> <right there. laughs> sorry. They
2: actually, I, what,
3: what if, like, they're good in six months and they're called yeah. rejects, you know what I mean?
2: One thing I was going to ask you, by the way, when you because I remember you talking about this, um, and it is a bit convoluted. This may be me WWE braying it too much, and I'm sure you can think of a better way to do this. Get rid of the casino ladder match. I mean, that's just a sentence in and of itself, unrelated to the MJF storyline. Just get rid of it. Um, but also, that doesn't happen. The match at all doesn't happen. There's no number one contenders, the title shot, whatever. The pay-per-view goes on. It opens with the acclaimed and swimming our glory cause no one's going to care about that. Um And then at the end of the night, Punk Championship lights down. And instead of what we got on the voicemail, maybe Khan says, if you come back, I'll give you a title shot. Or if you just
3: please come back. Wins and losses have to matter.
2: Okay, so or just, is it just please show up at All Out or something like that? Is, uh, that, is win- that preferable or is it just... I, I don't know, like, I
3: just think wins and losses do have to matter right. otherwise you destroy the integrity of the title which they kind of did it a little bit in the angle but you know what I mean at least technically there was a master plan that won a wrestling match all I know is before we go on to the last two things MGF, it's a good job he's a genius it really is because how can he possibly cut the same he can't cut the same promo he's been pulling this for three months the guy's probably been working on it for three months he can't there's no one potentially to cut the promo on On a permanent basis, potentially. At the very least on a temporary basis. This guy's turned himself heel in the minds of virtually everyone. I think everyone who really loves CM Punk kind of hates him as well to begin with. Let alone after this. I don't know what he says. I've got no idea what he says. I can't preview this. Because he's got, has he got a new storyline rival? He can't in storylines because he's been building this the entire time. It was uh, John Mox. What? I don't like. CM Punk has ruined this. He's ruined, and he kind of ruined it before he had the fight and got suspended because, even before the presser, there, there was the strong indication, and it's weird because it was weighted in. What was it? Cleveland and Chicago. Yeah, were the two after Quake by the Lake. Aye. Um, and the one before, he was getting booze a little bit, or he wasn't getting. Oh, CM Punk and talking about well, anyone were like. What I was driving at is that it was always trending towards a heel turn. Why would he do that? He's kind of going into business for himself. I, I, I don't think. But he's not a. No, that's the wrong thing to do, isn't yeah, that, it?
4: That, that wouldn't be professional locker room no? behavior, would it? That, I think it was a poor experiment as well. kind of touching on this. I don't think the experiment worked in the end. And I think that's part of that. Like the, where Punk was at as a character needed to be the exact baby face that MJF threatened ultimate revenge on when that storyline ended. And we knew, we were allowed to think, one of these days, Punk, like you're going to have to deal with him. That's the last thing you want. And now we're here and it's like, do we want him to get dealt with? Like, the, you know, MGF
3: got a big pop in Chicago yeah. and it wasn't
4: just for a return.
3: Did you see during the press conferences, the two mentions of MGF's name? A few people have said, do you think CM Punk's ego is so big that you he heard the Chicago MGF chance and got knocked? When he, the name MGF gets brought up the first time, He looks at Tony with his eyes like that and, like, kind of angrily shakes his head from side to side. It's like, maybe it's true.
4: Well, he's just a less famous Miz, isn't he? Yep. (laughs) Wilborn nailed MJF's perfect opening line for this promo. He said it before to me.
2: What do you guys want to talk about? (laughs) It's just like... There's a pivot.
4: There is a pivot needed where if you don't go near it, it's fake. Like, AW's audience is more informed. That's always... Been an abed rock of the company. i glued the, to that
3: television. Finger on the pulse, I'm getting I'll the serial out tonight. Like. Who
2: comes out first tonight? What's the first thing we see? Moxley?
3: <laughs> <laughs> I think it's MJF. If that wasn't there. <laughs> 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 clearly, clearly, uh, I'll go Moxley. John Moxley tonight. I'm I would like. honestly like Danielson. Shane Pack's already booked. I would have Pack versus Danielson. Right. Yeah. Because genuinely, this show might get hijacked. Depending on they have to do the reveals of the what's going on in AEW before the show. Like they absolutely have to do it before the show, otherwise it's going to get CM Punk chance.
4: It's in Buffalo, New York, and Murray was in with the shout, wasn't he? Not just because he's a huge butcher guy, but butcher and the as like the Buffalo kids with the bunny, um, getting a tag title match against Swerve our glory. So you have, like, hometown guys to root for against a team that people now
3: really don't like because of what happened at the pay-per-view on Sunday. You could just get Garcia out, but I was assuming that was the main event. Yeah. Because that would get the, all right, we can't. Yes. Obviously, there's unrest, and And RCM Punk's just been fired, so we're annoyed, but it's Danny Garcia. So maybe it's as simple as that.
2: What what happens with the world title? He's not fired. He might be injured. He might be injured. Let's say he's not fired because fired makes it a lot easier for us because it's just like, well... He's t- tiles, uh, you know, let's have another tournament.
4: I think it's about time we had a tournament, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's but all flippancy aside. If you you can't, just because right now the belts feel fake, pointless props in this otherwise real-life thing, you can't panic to try and restore the credibility. So I'm being cynical and flippant when I say tournament, but you should in a Everyone's an all-star. An Not earnest. a single
3: bracket oh, the, is predictable.
4: Like I saw yesterday, the Deadly Game graphic online and that was and people don't remember enough of that tournament to know that some of those first round matches were just full of gaffes. but the idea is that that was a full pay-per-view so everybody on it was like you know the elite tier of WWE exactly that like an elite eight like it, absolutely no single
3: person can be questioned Marks Danielson yeah. Adam Cole if he's ready it's not just like you do in the It scared Open. me a little bit with his comments on Cole as yeah, well he really well. made it seem like it's touch and go for his career gonna, Jesus Christ be yeah, yeah every match not, Danielson not, not, Marks Omega I quarter Just the the best eight you got. To put yeah. him in that tournament. Quarterfinals
4: out the ass. Like doesn't like yeah, ever.
2: Dynamite quarterfinals. Or quarterfinals.
4: <laughs> well, in also put the rampage wasn't make H- H- Jamaica, Danielson, Mox, Jericho, Kingston, 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 and yep. two more. Yeah, that like that sort of thing. Like that. I know it's tournaments Leecho? and
2: got him. get <laughs> out <of> it. <laughs> I <it? laughs> <You> need <laughs> like, something.
4: But they are appearing in the arse tournaments at the moment, and that's how you make it feel prestigious, and that's how you make the belt become the central, like the central thing again, as it needs to be, and as it always has been in AW. It's such a shame that like a lot of work, not just through Punk in truth, but like a lot of work feels like it's been a little
2: bit undone at the moment after years of effort into that belt being the belt. Uh, I'm, I'm going to keep circling back to this one way or another. Um, I, uh, John Moxley, Brian yeah. Danielson, Chris Jericho, what do you do with them on this show?
3: Sean Moxley, you can't have a promo cut in a promo. They don't even want to talk about it to the press or anything. So you can't fictionalize this. So I just think it's, honestly, I think it's elephant in the room stuff and it shall remain. You might get Max Caster doing a Rampage rap, an illusion at best. But if the people can't talk about it, then they can't really talk about it on telly. So you might just get, oh, Jericho was on the show and he's going to build a rematch with Danielson. Mox is going to say something to the effect of... I don't know. Where was the BCC storyline going before Mox had to win that title? I just don't know. Maybe they're going to do Mox Jericho at all? I just, I've i got absolutely no idea. None, I'm sorry. But usually what I love about the Dynamite preview, and this is, again, why you don't do work shoots 99.9% of the time, is because everything else, everything that's real in wrestling backstage is more compelling than what's on it, I find... This is the simultaneously the dynamite that I'm least looking forward to <laughs> and most looking forward to. Because if I check Twitter before it began, I might just get everything I want out of my AEW brain before that show even broadcasts. Uh,
4: he has, Tony Khan has a real opportunity. Like we sound like we're both dodging your questions over and over again. has a real opportunity to... Um, I just don't know, and I don't no, care. Well, our brain's occupied, obsessed with this. Like He has a real opportunity to he knows that, like, so much of his audience is plugged in, right, and knows every single last detail of They've been reading Justin Brass, they've been listening to the podcast like ours and others. don't know why they go the others busted up and suck the ass. But, like, just like, <laughs> I, like, I just think that he knows that that audience is super plugged in and, like, f- they might get, like, 1.2 million some weeks and 1 million the rest, but the 800,000, bang, it in game into all of this.
3: It's going to get a 0.33 this yeah. dynamic. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> like,
4: as many rewards as you can think of with a good faith. For example, like, two women's matches. Just be like, you know oh, what, you know what, you <laughs> it's, a new, it's a new day. Yes, it is, and like, here's this, here's this, here's this, here's this. You get a thing you love. You get a thing you love. Wait, you a know.
2: Second. it's a the
3: Roses bag. You do not think they're going to get two women's matches tonight of all nights? Like, I know nah. it sounds ridiculous. No, but put on. a pasty bet on if you want. Put <laughs> two at the pay per view. Uh, yeah, because they have got two belts. That's why. That's,
4: <laughs> it's the only kind of forced down. himself to do it. Didn't yeah, me? that's the only thing happening in the division. I just like. But uh, maybe not. Maybe that is too much of a stretch even for AEW, even in a time of crisis, but you know what I mean? Like, sort of, as much fan service for the fans that you know will be here this week, very, very engaged, but will still be here next week in the week after keeping their fingers crossed that it returns to the product they want the most. You know, there's also a pay-per-view. This is the shortest turnaround, isn't it? So, like, you've got... It's Arthur, when's Arthur Ashe? Uh, Arthur Ashe is in three... 21st of September. Aye, right, so it's Toronto and next week. Is
2: what? Late November, I assume. Early November. Early yeah. November.
4: So this is always the smallest turnaround of, like, big events and stuff, so...
3: Like it's Folky, the revolution bullies You sucks ass. <laughs> <It> takes, <laughs> takes takes goddamn ages.
4: Oh, it's a Christmas show. My ass. Like it just there's there's it's not sh- a lot my of, ass. there's not a lot of time, but plenty of big shows with which to set the foot for. And the stuff you could set up could feature a bunch of people that not really have had much to do over the last sort of six months, or they felt like they're in wheel spinning programs. I I'd, Like I'd, I wish I was going. Like this would be. I'd want to be at the show for what feels like kind of a pivotal moment in AEW.
2: You have a big race on Sunday. Great North Run, you need to be well rested. Is tonight cereal night or no? Yeah,
4: all day, like absolutely. Oh, I don't I, bother. It, even if I want, even if I wanted to have a good sleep because of that run, I, it'll get to eleven o'clock tonight, and then it'll something will hit, or I'll check Twitter, and I'll be like,
3: I'm too excited. I'm too excited. I'm gonna have to wean myself off Twitter for the hour before I have to get, and then I'll get there. Oh, it's been an hour. How i well guess it is text
2: him at 11 going, oh, I'm GBC in the news. Basically, it's <laughs> a schedule, twi- schedule message to If anything
3: pops off, hamphlet will send us eight messages on WhatsApp. Yeah, 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 Um, Can we talk so about the two matches? So Death
2: Triangle really versus Ugh. Best Friends. How do you see that one playing? <laughs> it's so weird to be doing this. It's 2019 and AEW is here. Death Triangle
4: and Best Friends are in action. Sidgwick, so, tell us about Death Triangle because we've <laughs> never really seen the Lucha Brothers much in North
3: American soil.
2: We're <laughs> 50. Wait minutes. Let's talk (laughs) about the first match on this
3: card. We we were burying this on the All Out review. This feud has never happened. (laughs) They have threatened to do it several times. This is the first trios match. The pack, Orange Cassidy Law is great. This Death Triangle versus best friends thing is a fabrication. It was going to happen, and then the pandemic happened, and then it was going to happen, and then it just splintered into the three way at Double or Nothing twenty twenty one. And it's unstable. Yeah, and all that was going oh, yeah. on, winking down the lens and stuff. And then they were never, they never really did it then. And there's going to be this big coming together of these uh, great rivals. <laughs> <laughs> they never actually worked together. It's, <laughs> it's the weirdest thing. Um, I guess the pack OC stuff is so good and prominent in people's minds that it will get over it to a great deal. And it's you know, it's Pack, it's Cassidy, it's the Lucha Brothers, huge pops out the ass, and uh, I think it will be to an excellent standard. I would like to think right that that locker room will go off to everyone who thinks that CM Punk has just walked in and decided the big league of solved and talked about how he's doing it on his back. What a line that was. He, he sat there like he founded the company and owned it at the same time. It was wild. Million like dollar house. That gate was drawn before your master <laughs> page was announced, actually. <laughs> um, well, I, I think this roster will be like, you know what? I'm sick of being... Disregarded. I'm sick of my work on Sunday just being completely and utterly erased. Let's go out there and show them what we've got. Or, I wouldn't dare say someone like Pac, look at him, would phone it in or anything like that, but maybe they can't be honest with it. Maybe they're disillusioned and it might affect their performances. Depending on what happens with CM Punk and who wants him to go, who wants him to stay, and whether he stays or he goes... This could be a train wreck of a card. We've not considered that. The, the fans could hijack it if they don't reveal what happens to CM Punk one way or the other before the show starts. They'll be like, no, we want to know, so we're going to chant his name all night long. Or this roster, depending on the outcome of this situation, there's extreme heat, disbelief he's not been fired yet. If it's out, we've suspended him. I don't think anyone's unprofessional to walk out or to not give it their best. But I don't think they'd be, like, st- high on life and sharp as out and desperate to impress yeah. They'd just do the matches. and
4: Morales are very case-by-case case thing, isn't it, in a wrestling locker room? There could be a bunch of people that, like, it, listen to some rah-rah speech. You know that Paul Heyman one on Beyond the Mat, where, like, it's panned across the faces. He's d- he's done this thing a million times, but some of them are having the first one of it. So, like, they're like, oh, my God, I'm ready to die. Like, yeah. on this ECW pay-per-view for for $50. And then there's some guys, like, yeah, Paul. Like, I think, like we see Raven's face or Shane Douglas is like... Tommy Dreamers
3: <laughs> I've seen that exact thing live and I'll tell you who it involved like in person and I'll tell you who it involved after we record But it's I su- don't want to nah. name someone it's
4: super case by case like some people well I think there's both I think you've got some wrestlers that want to like think like tonight's my night never has a spotlight been shining so bright on me but there's going to be some that have like been around the block a few many times uh, this why would I where would I bring it back for this this is a struggling enterprise right now
2: what if MJF came out to CM Punk's music? <laughs>
3: I know he's doing it for me. That would be incredible. It's a good part there. Like you know what? But they do have to announce it. You know what somebody's got to do
4: tonight? Somebody has got to be as good at bantering off CM Punk chants as Stephanie McMahon. Yeah.
2: I Good saw somebody point. like
4: she, like one of the few things she had that was she was naturally gifted was at as so if she great. was born
3: with the gift. It's the only thing I've ever liked that she's done.
2: Like was it like three
4: days after he lost that USC fight, she was like,
3: well, he's just knocked on his ass. I'm going to do it again. She <laughs> was, like literally did the math. <laughs> unbelievable. Oh, like, she remembered the...
4: Yeah. Somebody's got to have like six different singers in their pockets just in case.
3: Yo, listen.
4: So like I've been thinking about the Max Caster stuff. He did the gift anywhere, like they you know, sort of excitedly making notes. Um, I, it would be stupid to, and we know now in it, they need to get approved thank god but like it would be stupid to n- go nail on the head with this but the ones I keep going back to are he makes a line about somebody running as fast as that security guard on Sunday he makes a line about a cake shop because of the muffin or he makes a line about uh, how Tony Khan drinks water <laughs> Yeah, like, you pick the peripheral details that people have, because everybody's watched this yeah. so many times that were well, pa- it's like seeing your favourite film a hundred times, you stop listening to the dialogue. Like, I've seen this footage so many times that I'm no longer listening to Punk. I'm like, what else is going on? I'm like, oh, there's a little, uh, the, the AW in round set is peeling a bit in that top right-hand corner. I never noticed that um, until my 25th watch. Like, and I think, like, at this point, everybody started isolating all the funny bits as well. Yeah. Castor could have a laugh with that.
3: Death Triangle are going to lose. OC gets the Mid-Atlantic title shot as a result. And um, Death Triangle are on the outs when you've just made a trios division. But they could at least least implode in a match against the Elite so you get that one more time.
2: Don't mess with me. I'm an ace in a fight. But unlike him... No, it doesn't work because it's a cell phone. Unlike him, my box worse than my bite or something along those lines. Good! Very, I like that. I don't know. I've, I've buggered that up because it's... I, I've, I've got Bark and Bite <laughs> in, in the line and gone. <laughs> That's close enough. There you go, Max. Doug. stiff. Doug's stiff. Like, you Doug's, Doug's
3: yeah. Diff. <laughs> Listen, Doug's.
2: <laughs> what else was it? What else we got? That is
3: awesome. Let's fake oh, rest oh, of the stuff. Show. Bakery. What rhymes with bakery? Fakery? Yo. Listen. Listen. Insert opponent,
4: you're going to be like Sanjay under Dax's daughter. I'm going to leave you looking like Tony Khan trying to drink a bottle of water.
3: So <laughs> Yo. <laughs> uh, um, um, listen. Um, tell you what. He can talk about. Uh, I, need, I need to get one out. Mm. He can talk about Wheeler y- uh, versus Daniel Garcia. You say you beat the acclaim, but I know
4: that you're bluffing. I ain't tired because I eat that cake shop's muffin.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Listen, poor Leon Ruffin's going to get buried in this promo. Leon <laughs> Very good. Uh. Yeah, Garcia
4: in Buffalo without Jericho. It's good stuff. It's again why like poor Daniel Garcia. Because this feels like the culmination of a big thing. Yo.
3: <laughs> Listen. 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 Yo. <laughs> <laughs> you think you can beat the acclaimed? Well, you're shit out of luck. You're going to have more damage than that dumb fucking, dumb fucking hangman Adam Page. <laughs> <laughs> uh.
4: Fighting mass caster, bro, don't tempt me. Like, hang my page's head, you're totally f***ing empty.
2: <laughs>
4: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the really evocative Daniel Garcia storyline that's been going on like six painful months could come to a conclusion tonight. And, uh, you know, Jericho's not going to be there, is he? It's, d- like, Garcia and... Oh, yeah,
2: Jericho's, yeah. I thought it was, I thought you meant at uh, the, the, the show. You mean, he's, yeah, he's they're not, not going to be Jericho ringside, are they? aren't
4: there. Do they, is it
2: a... I mean, put... Put Daddy Magic on commentary.
4: Well, is it a beatdown? He's the best. Is it a beatdown on Garcia after the match? Yes,
2: yeah, so just to clarify, he's facing Wheeler U for the Ring of Honor, your championship. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this is, yeah, like you say, chapter 12 in Daniel Garcia realises he's a professional wrestler and not sports entertainer. If,
4: and I eagerly await, Cedric potentially picking me up on a detail I've forgotten about here, but this feels a little bit like a plot hole. Um, at the Ring of Honor pay-per-view, Garcia went as sports entertainment as he'd ever gotten and slagged the pure title and the rules and everything that went along with it and what Uta represents because he's a Jericho guy now. And then they pivoted quite sharply to, yeah, Brian Danielson's my favorite wrestler, Jericho, actually. Yeah. Thanks for the car crash stuff and everything. And I I love this Kangol hat, but he's my favorite wrestler. Mm. If and when he was to beat Wheelie Uta, it has happened rather quickly after that. All the bluster he did. Remember when he crashed the press conference afterwards? Oh, I love that. It was so great. But the whole point was, is like, it's because he's all in on being the sports entertainer. And then it's been like a month, and he's stepped back quite quickly. And it's just, I think it's like with Garcia in particular, he's so young and impressionable that they're trying to suggest that like, well, all of a sudden his head's been turned because the Blackpool Combat Club are back sniffing around and all that kind of thing. But they've got to sell me on him actually wanting that belt. I know that he wants to prove to Chris Jericho that wrestling is the best thing and it's better than sports entertainment. And maybe there's a compromise. So the change of heart. We can stay friends. You know, we can stay friends, Chris. But I want to be a wrestler again. I if you want to be a wrestler. You should realise that wrestling—it's going to end up badly for you, Daniel. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think this is going to happen. By the way, it was just I was saying this to Murray when we were watching Double, uh, double Nothing. When we were watching the Pit View the other day. I could see down the line uh, a double turn with Garcia and Utah. I think they're gonna fight as they already have done. In that like sixty minute vaunted Iron Man match, yeah. uh Uta played the, the And heel. you look at them and you kinda get it as well. Like you know what it reminds me of? Remember like when we first started wo- working together and you said like the Gargano Champa thing, it's just like it's just his face. Like we was like, Oh when's Champa gonna turn heel? And you were kind of rooting for the Gargano turn, because it was like he just I think he'd just have that funnier face as for being a heel.
3: A bit good looking you can imagine him being an yeah. obnoxious
4: prick and then D. D. Wallace was eventually. Uta and Garcia oddly have got those energies like I can say you would kind of be pretty good as like this handsome yes he, he is he's yeah, excellent in the sport in the sports entertainment group while Garcia finally embraces who he really is I'm not suggest suggesting Cobra Kai tonight.
3: dojo split man but, but that's, that's when it's happening
4: I just think like like to the Jericho appreciation site you beat Garcia down and out of the group tonight and Brian makes the save or Brian well, you like get put, pure rules put, as
2: well tonight. I've just realized must be for the yeah. real title yeah
4: uh, Hey, cool, a Ring of Honor match on TV. I wonder if anybody off the Ring of Honor roster otherwise can fill out a space on Dynamite with all these... nice he's
3: in Ring of Honor now. <laughs>
2: Can't do anything about it. you think you retains, though?
4: I do, because I think I otherwise like it's... Like, I, I like the idea of him having, the sports entertainment group, having the Ring of Honor pure title, but that's more of a gag than a story, and I think, like, for where this story's going, I think it's a hard sell. Unless, like, unless they're just parking it now, and you've seen glimpses of it, and they're going to try and... Three or four more months, but ah, it's all fine, it's all absolutely fine. I don't know. You reckon he retains?
3: Um, uh, I don't know, I really don't know how it's going to go. The hometown thing means that they are going to get the time to really do something, get over in defeat. Maybe he loses in defeat, but continues to appreciate pro wrestling. Uh, so this match will be incredible, by the way, and I'm so happy that Daniel Garcia really gets this opportunity, etc., etc. et, cetera, et cetera. Um, But I think to extend, to continue rather this uh, storyline with Jericho, he again comes very, very, very close to winning, fails, but in fact is so respectful of his opponent that he kind of motions to shake Yuta's hand. And I think they're doing Garcia versus Jericho at Grand Slam. Oh, wow. But not
4: technically out of the group. It's just
3: like, right, we're going to have to fight then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: I think it's a good shout, that. I think Utah retains.
4: Yeah, Utah retains. But, uh,
2: I think, yeah, shenanigans are afoot, so with, uh, without a doubt, for Jericho appreciation. It's a it's terrible night
4: for the BCC as well, isn't it? Think
2: about it all out. Like
4: Moxie loses the title, Utah and Cesaro
3: each in the ladder match. Like, not partic- yeah, they need heat Not up. particularly
4: face and group kind of night, was it?
3: Yeah, Seamus did the best. <laughs> Yo. Listen,
2: Tony Khan, you drink water like a duck. I'm going to knock you out like you're a young buck. I don't know why he's facing Tony Khan in this match, but still.
4: Listen, you don't need the elite in all those backstage attacks. Just
2: get me Cole Carter. We'll realign him with stacks. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, let us know your thoughts. <laughs> Your wild predictions out of tonight's show. And uh, if CM Punk is still employed by the time this podcast goes out uh, on Twitter, at WhatCultureWWE, which is you're just going to double-check whilst I run through everything. Um, you can follow all three of us on Twitter, of course. Uh, Michael Hamflit will probably be live-tweeting <laughs> during tonight's nice Dynamite. You can find him on Twitter at... Michael Hamflit. You can follow the author of the bri- brilliant, becoming only the Rise of AEW a sequel Inevitably now in the works. <laughs> Michael Sidgwick on Twitter at
3: M Sidgwick.
2: You can follow me on Twitter at Adam Wilborn. Follow us all at Whatculture WWE. And make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling if you haven't done so already. Wherever you get your podcast from for daily wrestling podcasts. We had a load of fun earlier on today with the NXT2.0 review. Even if you've not watched that show, give it a listen. Yes. Because uh it was uh it was something. It really was something. We've had
4: a year of this show and this yes. this uh Meltdown or Flash of Inspiration? Yes, it's probably both. Exactly. It was bound to happen after 51 weeks, wasn't the, it?
2: The perfect microcosm of the past year of NXT. Yeah, 2. I think so. I think. Think so. Uh, and a good joining point if you are going to get into it.
4: Hit us for the birthday episode <laughs> next Tuesday.
2: Exactly. Uh, and make sure you subscribe because our review of whatever this bloody dynamite is oh boy. will drop into your feeds tomorrow. Uh, do you know what? Quick caveat. I probably won't be doing any silly voices tomorrow because there'll just be so much to cover <laughs> that I'll be like... There it is. It might be a bumper episode a- tomorrow. AEW Dynamite, what? <laughs> yes, uh, subscribe to that and probably we'll be no doubt doing a, a get the table or something tomorrow discussing some of the fallout from, from last night's show. What well, Culture Wrestling, wherever you get your podcast from. Anyway, this has been the AEW Dynamite preview. My thanks to the Dadley Boys. Thank you for joining us. And we will see you soon.